I'm ready. All right. And we're back. You got the KK and you got the doc. What's up, doc? Hey, how's it going? It's Sorry, going. I was I was just doing a little bit of a uh, little bit of research here where we got going just so I knew what I was talking about. But um yeah, it's going okay. It's a pretty boring week. How's yours? Oh, well, I feel better. I'm not not as sick. Got to see my grandbaby. I did get a little bit of protesting in uh, over the weekend. Very little, but every little bit counts. So That's right. And you're going to be back down here protesting later in the month, right? Yeah, I'm going to drag you down there. And, oh, uh, I will happily go. This thing's a, a freaking cult. And to have them open up again in my city, I mean, let's take them down. Absolutely. Yeah, it'll be the community. I will say this again talking about plugging Gen Z and what's going on. It is amazing how many people I met that do this kind of live journalism. It's been a very eye-opening for me. Um, certainly, you know, the protests and stuff, obviously, it's, it's been a great experience. It's a really great community. So all of that has been very positive. But I'm enjoying the people that I meet. I have faith in humanity again. I definitely found a lot of kindred spirits so it's been good. Well, cool. I, I do have a question for you, which I really don't want to discuss on this podcast. But can that energy that that took down or that will take down Scientology here, can that be channeled into taking down capitalism or is it just too big a thing? Right. Oh, I... Even though we know it's destroying us, is it yeah. just too big a thing to take down? I think that would be a too big a bite for them to just chew off. But I, I just, like I said, I see these uh, young people out there fired up and making differences. And it's just amazing to watch them communicate. You know, I, I see them running for office. I see them making positive changes. And I mean, I, I think, you know, if there's some catalyst that happens, you know, I think the response will be great, which I, I know a lot of people might not believe that, but I really see them being um, a wonderful community, you know, all around the world. All right. Well, let's let's talk about that in a future podcast, maybe even the next one. I think we're we may be looking at those generational kind of issues. Anyway, I was out this past Saturday night hearing some awesome live music, and I got together with a friend of mine, and we had a good discussion. Very smart guy, but he just kind of spouted the same things about communism or not you know, people living together. He didn't think it could happen. Human beings are in our it's in our DNA to be greedy and all that kind of stuff. And we're just going to die out just like ninety nine point nine percent of other species that spontaneously arise on the earth. I mean, the usual stuff. But I started talking to him about, well, what life should be like, like we talked about in the last podcast. We should be able to use technology to make us resource unlimited, use technology to handle the logistics of distributing resources equally. Everybody has access to all the best health care, the best education, food, unlimited energy, that kind of stuff, right? He says, well, I have a story for you, and he sent me the link. 
It's a short story that is posted online by a guy named Marshall Brain. It's called Mana. So I went off and read it. It was written in 2003, by the way, so that's 20 years ago. But I went off and read it, and lo and behold, this guy is talking about exactly what we talk about here on our podcast and what our friends at LPF.org are hoping to organize, if not effect. But it's it's the same thing. It's a, a pretty fascinating story about this guy who's living in, oh, let's say, capitalism, U.S. capitalism, let's say five years from now. And he's working his fast food job because he's, I don't know, right out of high school or something like that. They invent this program where it'll run the whole fast food thing and they put little earpieces in their ears and the computer tells them what to do every minute that they're there. It estimates when the trash cans fill up and tells somebody to go empty the trash cans, when the restrooms need to be hosed down or whatever exactly when to put the burgers on and all that kind of stuff. You know, by now, we have a lot of that technology short of the earbuds, but who knows, maybe some of these fast food places have those earbuds as well. Essentially, they've eliminated all managerial positions, and all you have is the computer and the minimum wage workers. And then the program starts, you know, spraying. It starts getting put in it more and more places. And soon the fast food industry is all working the same way to cut costs and that kind of stuff. And then it starts moving into other areas. But it's really all one program working off of one big database. But once you get a black mark and get fired by the computer for showing up late for work or something like that, then you can't get another job. <laughs> so you can't get another job. No, because you already have like three black marks against you from other jobs that you've been fired from or, you know, whatever. So really, this is the ultimate in wealth inequality where you have a few rich people that own all the stuff. And then you have a whole bunch of minimum wage people that it, once they get fired and now they are unemployable people. Period. They're unemployable just everywhere. Exactly. That's the way it is. It's kind of like that Black Mirror episode where everybody's on the bike to generate electricity or whatever. And they tell you what you have to watch on TV. And, you know, if you turn away, then they remind you, no, you have to watch this. I mean, a, a very ugly view, but entirely within the realm of possibility. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's the first, I don't know, four chapters or something like that. Then a couple of ladies show up where he's living, where this guy's living, I guess, and say, would you like to live in a utopian world where you can do what you want? He says, like, tell me more. So they start talking about this. And it sounds very much like what we talked about in our last podcast. Technology is being utilized to the utmost for the common good rather than generating profits. So technology advanced just astronomically, and now you have robots that can do everything for you and all sorts of stuff. So he says, 
hell yeah. They take him away from the projects or wherever he ended up having to live in. They had a term for it. It's like these, they're like ready-made housing made out of terra foam or something like that. But you end up in a 10 by 10 room and that's your life. They take him out of that, take him down to an airport, I guess, put him on this giant thing which he figured was an airplane and he can't even tell that it takes off he falls asleep next thing you know he's in australia which is where this utopia was actually built it is everything that they say it is you know it's what we talk about everybody is provided housing you pick it out of a catalog you pick your housing out of a catalog You have food that's made for you. I mean, it's like we talk about if you want to have a restaurant, that's cool. If it catches on, then the AI, the logistics program, make sure that you have all the food you need because they know it's catching on. So you have whatever kind of food you want, just thousands of pages worth of clothes that people have designed. And again, if some style, some fashion catches on, the AI makes sure that that producer has everything they need. There are still people that want to be basic research scientists that just love exploring physics or math or whatever. Healthcare is taken care of, but that has been roboticized, which, of course, we're getting into more and more here with cancer and stuff like that. It becomes very pinpoint with lasers and all that kind of stuff. But here it's taken to the ultimate conclusion where really robots are doing everything for you. You have an implant. They take out your top three vertebrae and replace them with like a computer and they tap into all of your senses. That terrifies me, but okay. Well, I agree. But I mean, really, it's the ultimate in technology as long as it's used benevolently, right? As long as the three laws of robotics are built into the program. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Right. So you had me up until one Australia because there's a lot of things that can kill you there. But that's fine. I'll go with that because it's a story. And then the top three vertebrae, that's kind of important. But we'll just move on from that. So (laughs) I'm into the other stuff. But the vertebrae thing and the inserting things, not good so far. But go ahead. Okay, but I'll tell you with the whole tapping into your senses, I mean, for one thing, they can detect pain, but they can also halt pain by making sure that those sensations don't reach your brain. Same thing with your sight. They tap into your optic nerve that allows you to, let's say, turn it off if you want to sleep, turn off your hearing and your, your sight if you want to ultimate peaceful sleep, but it also allows for augmented reality that they're already talking about using glasses or whatever, where you're superimposing some computer-generated video or whatever on top of real life. It just sounds like a bunch of Black Mirror episodes. (laughs) So some of that scares me. I'm not even going to I'm not even going to pretend like a lot of that scares me. No, that that kind of stuff scares me. I'm I'm in with the whole utopia, except for those exceptions. The reason why we have pain is because it's a warning. (laughs) Pain is a good thing. 
it lets you know what's wrong. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> the other scary part about it is that there's robots that are tapped into this giant neural network that everybody's part of. Right. I mean, that's how you communicate with other people. You just think that you want to talk to them and then they pick up the call and you're talking to them because everybody's in here. But they have robots or computers or whatever that are tapped into the network that are kind of overseeing things that they call referees. If they see somebody approaching somebody else with a baseball bat the referee can step in and kind of shut you down. So they're like cops. They're like cops. Wait, wait. They can and then, And then once they've shut you down, then they take you back in for reindoctrination. Oh, man. Or, wait a second. Wait a second, Doc. Okay, so now I'm... I was on board, but now you're losing me because we went from a Black Mirror episode to <laughs> The Matrix. Wait, I hold have... on. I haven't even gotten there yet. Oh, no. The, the, whole, the whole key is, though, that it's all your choice. You can shut down this neural network in you if you want, or you can completely live in virtual reality. Like the Matrix. <laughs> well, yes, but it's your choice and you can get out of it anytime you want. See, that's the thing. It has to be a benevolent AI. The three laws have to be built in. Well, well, well wait, that's a blue pill, red pill kind of thing. Like, Okay. But is that living then? If it's truly still all your choice, then it's the ultimate in free will. So I, I, I was wait, on board. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. All right. Let me, let me say that I've never talked about going this far. Maybe robots to help around the house. Fine. If people want to invent those and your idea of saying into the computer what you want to eat and it goes off and makes it. I mean, that's all cool. Yeah. But actually tapping into your brain, let's the not go there. The reason why I have a problem with that is because one of the things that makes the human experience so amazing is when we have to overcome things. And, and part of that is being present and being in reality. Because if people could shift out of their reality and go into somewhere else, I think a lot of people would do that. I mean, we have some drug addicts in the world. That's essentially what they're doing. They're, they're going off and creating a reality. And that's when they stop advancing and learning and, and they cease to evolve. If that is their choice, then but I, who are you to say, don't do it, but don't hurt anyone? So essentially what I've already pictured again is when we're all teenagers, we tend to really have to fight through a lot of things, rebellion, coming of age. If a teenager could not do that and just live in their existence and have everything handed to them and not have to go over a hurdle or do things, that's what I think they would do. So essentially, we've we would create a world where half the people were just essentially drug addicts. We've I mean, talked about this before. The tough part is the transition where this short story here, this guy magically goes through an instantaneous yeah. transition. He goes through there. And I use the word indoctrination. I forget what they use. But basically, they teach you how to use all the tools. And they say, you're the same as everybody else. 
nobody's going to get in your way of doing what you want, and you're not going to get in anyone anyone else's way of letting them do what they want. But after that, if you want to learn, yeah, I don't know how kids would be raised in this society, but right. we're magically, if we magically had that society and we weren't coming from our current capitalist society of competition, you know, you only have the highs when you know the lows and all that kind of stuff, which I've always thought is bullshit. There's no reason that we can't be happy all the time. Why should well, we want to go through the lows? Well, I will say the human brain is amazing in that it, it functions. And one of the things when people, you know, people have a lot of anxiety and they call it social anxiety and all these different things. If the brain doesn't have a problem to work on, it creates them for you. The brain is not, well, the brain can be, I guess, happy but it also needs to be challenged for it to work appropriately. I am not going to agree with that. They talk about how the standard of living for the common man went down. It got worse after the agrarian revolution. And now people started owning land and you had the lords of the manor and then you had a bunch of people working out in the fields for them. After the agrarian revolution, then the general standard of living went down. And the same thing happened after the industrial revolution. It's supposed to bring up the standard of living for everybody, but it didn't. It started concentrating the wealth. My guess is that if we went back into a society that was truly communal, then a lot of those anxieties would disappear because your standard of living is exactly what you want it to be. What is there to worry about anymore? I'm just saying that like the just how the brain kind of works is that it, it likes to solve problems. That's its job. And it, it likes that. So I'm just saying that see, I totally get it. I just think I would tweak that utopia a little bit because I, I think I wouldn't give people. <laughs> I don't know if I would be like, yeah, I live in the Matrix. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, I'm not living in that utopia. I like our utopia better than theirs. <laughs> Well, if you take out the tapping into the brain thing, yeah, theirs is pretty cool, though. You got robots doing all the health care and robots. And I agree. I mean, we, we have a lot of uh, robots that function now. It's cleaning our house, cleaning our windows, uh, mowing our lawns that can be done all automatically. And you have building homes that can all be you know, roboticized, obviously food production and that kind of stuff. More importantly, you know, there are electronic bartenders now and they have their starting home versions. We're there. All the important stuff we got. (laughs) Okay. Now I'm not liking your version of Utopia. (laughs) He says his rum here. (laughs) Hey, you know what, though? We are always running out of time. So... (laughs) Well, let me throw in and imagine this kind of thing, which really, really isn't an imagine this. But the name of the short story is Mana by what did I say his name was Marshall Brain. You can find it online. Just Google Google uh, Marshall Brain Mana. Take a read. See what you think. But the key is. Can we really imagine living in that kind of utopia? I think technologically, we can get there. 
We can get there if we are not stifled by capitalism, by a profit motive. Technically, we can get there. But what happens after that? Yeah, don't know. i on board with a lot of the stuff. The brain stuff, don't know. But again, that's they can go to marshallbrain.com, M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L-B-R-A. A-I-N.com and forward slash mana, M-A-N-N-A, if they want to read that, because I started it. I didn't finish it. That's the truth. But now I will finish it. And we always want feedback. Give it a read. And then, you know what? Tell us what you like and what you don't like. Where's that line? Because really, in this utopia, that's what it would be. It would be a lot of people coming up with their utopia and thinking about it. So I think that's a good place to start thinking about what you would want and what your imagination um, dictates that would make you happy. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Anything else, Doc? No, I'm going to finish my uh, rum here and I'm going to have a great night. Hope you do too. Oh, well, I always hope you got rum, so you're in a better place than I am. But again, everybody, that's marshallbrain.com, mana. And I guess go ahead and stay happy, healthy and wise and take care of one another and go read something. Peace.